FBC. I know you've probably already heard it before, but we are so glad that you're here to worship uh, with us today. Uh, we have an amazing Lord, and that is why we gather. Um, I, my name is Joe Andrews. I am not the pastor here. I am a pastor here. Uh, the pastor is out sick. I'm just kidding. He's not sick. I'm just kidding. That was, that was, not, that was not cool. He's not sick. Listen, he, he really, he's really actually preached about 44 of the last 48 sermons here every Sunday, Sunday after Sunday since the pandemic started and everything, and he really just needed a break. This was actually a scheduled vacation that he had. You don't need to worry. I know if, if, if the pastor isn't here, sometimes everybody thinks, is he going somewhere else to another church? Is he trying to get away from us? He's not. Uh, he's trying to get away from me and the rest of the staff, but not you. He loves you guys. Uh, I'm excited to be here with you. I started a series called Interconnect last week, and uh, I think it's going to be a really good series. My goal in this whole series is to show that you and I are connected to some pretty important things, and things, they're things that we benefit from and things that benefit from us being connected to them. They're things that, uh, that actually give us hope. And we can actually put some of that hope back in those things. They're things uh, that we depend on and things that depend on us. And so for these, these weeks that I'm with you, uh, I hope to show that the interconnection that you have to these four different areas is, is so intense. And so last week, I talked about being interconnected to the family. I talked about how we love our children so much because we're interconnected with them because they're ours but they're also God's. And I talked about how God's connection to our family is so much deeper than even our own. Next week, we're going to be looking at community. And I want to show you how you're interconnected to the community in which you live. And then the week after that, what we're going to do is we're going to look at the world. And I'm going to show you how you're interconnected to the world. But today, we're going to look at how you're interconnected to the church. And now, I'm not just saying the, the big church, the overall church. What I'm talking about is this church, FBC Las Cruces. This is the church that you're connected to. Now, I know there's probably guests here, and you're like, I'm not connected here. Well, you should be. It's a great place to be connected, right? Uh, <laughs> it is. I love this place. Now, I don't know how much you know about the topic of church and things like that, but we use a whole bunch of different words, and we define church a lot of different ways. So I kind of wanted to hit how we are defining some of those things. So if you're ever reading something and you see church with a little c, all right, not a capital C, a little c, it's usually talking about a local church, okay? Like this is a local church, like FBC Las Cruces. We support another local church in Broomfield, Colorado, and that church is called Living Stone Church. We support another local church in Arizona that's just about to plant right now almost, uh, and that one is called Asante Church. Those are Little C churches, those are local churches. Then we also, if you're ever reading something and you see church capitalized like in the middle of a sentence somewhere, you know that it's not just talking about little local churches, it's pretty much talking about all local churches, but not just all local churches all over the world right now, all believers, but it's all believers throughout all time as well. So that's another way. You also know that you probably got ready to come to church today, right? That's an event. We talk about the church as being an event. I'm gonna go to church next Sunday, and then you come here, and you worship, and you pray, and you hear a sermon, and things like that, and so we have this sense of church being an, an event. We also talk about the church as a building, right? 
uh, I'm going to go to the church, all right? And so we talk about that. I come to the church every day of the week, and I'm no holier than you. Uh, there's nothing special about this building. It's just another way that we define church. So I want to kind of make uh, a statement and say that when we talk about church today, what we're talking is about you. We're talking about you. You are the church. I'm not talking about a building. I'm not talking about an event. I'm actually not going to be talking much about the worldwide church today. I'm talking about you. You people who make up this church. We're also going to be talking about the church in Rome because Paul wrote to the church in Rome and that's where we're going to be in Romans today. So now that we got all of that out of the way, I just wanted to share something with you. My wife and I left the country uh, gosh, it would be about 12 years ago, and we were deciding to be missionaries in another country. And one of the hardest things for us to do was leave the church that we were a part of. It was so hard to be separated from them and say, bye, we're going thousands and thousands of miles away. You're not going to be in our lives anymore, and we're not going to be in your lives. Then we had to try and connect with a different church in a new country, in a new culture, with a new language. And guess what? We felt really lonely for a really long time. I can remember sitting in services just like you're sitting in right now, except not being able to understand one word. And then like a month would go by, and then you're like, oh, I caught a word. And we, Leanne and I would actually talk about this later. I, I recognize five words at church today. It was so hard not being connected to our church here at home. And even the way that they do church in, uh, in another country is so very different. The way they celebrate holidays was different. You know, one of the great things about the church is when we come together on special holidays and we have our traditions as a church, uh, probably the best uh, is, is Easter and Christmas is amazing. Uh, so Christmas uh, in another culture was really different and celebrating that with uh, another church in another language was really, really hard for us. Imagine just being away from family for the first time on Christmas Eve, all right? And so Christmas Eve for us, for all of you, you probably, it's probably a really quiet day. You might make some food for, for the next day, for Christmas Day. You're doing all this stuff. You're preparing everything. It's pretty quiet. And then at some point, you're probably going to go for a church service on Christmas Eve. And you're going to hear, uh, you're going to hear a great sermon about the birth of Christ. And you're going to sing your favorite, favorite Christmas songs. It's going to be awesome. None of that happens in a church in another culture. They just don't do it the same way that we do it. And Christmas Eve was something that we really wanted to save for our family. And so what we ended up doing was we tried to recreate with our, with our little family. At that time, Parker was not even two years old yet. Uh, we're having our first Christmas away from our church, away from our family. So we try and recreate Christmas Eve, and it was pretty nice, uh, and we really enjoyed it. It was a quiet night. Uh, we, we do a little Bible story, and we put Parker to bed. Uh, we sang some, some songs and listened to some Christmas music from the United States, and it was really great. And we put Parker to bed, and he's just softly nestled in his bed. And uh, Leanne and I, we go and quietly get into bed, because it's the quietest night of the year. You guys know, it's Christmas Eve. So we lay our heads on our pillows. My, my eyes catch the gaze of Leanne, and she's just staring at me. And she says, you are, you're the most handsome, strong, <laughs> wonderful, loving, sweet. I just had to stop her. I said, that's, that's enough. I know, I know all this. I know. 
And we fall asleep because it's just a beautiful, beautiful Christmas Eve. Until the loudest explosion that I have ever heard rocks our world. And we literally fall out of bed. We have no idea what's going on. What was going on was uh, in Central and South America, what they do for Christmas Eve. They don't, they don't do the 4th of July, but uh, they still have fireworks. And they use every last firework in the country on Christmas Eve. There's no more left for New Year's. There's just none. They use them all. We are rocked out of what we love to celebrate as a family, what we love to celebrate as a church, and we are, we're hacked off. <laughs> I am so angry because I was sleeping, I don't know, for maybe an hour and a half or two hours, and then at midnight is when they start the fireworks there. And so we're just angry. We're up for hours. You have to keep the doors open there so the breeze comes, the windows open there so the breeze comes through and everything. And we're just angry. We're up for hours and we just missed home and we missed our church. And what we're going to be talking about today is that interconnection with the church that we were missing on the mission field for so long and we needed so badly in our lives. So I want you to see something as we get into this today. And I, then I want you to see actually the opposite of it. So what I want you to see today is that being connected to the church will help you and help others in the church. Okay, being connected, you being interconnected here at the church is going to help you in your life easily as long as you're connected to the church. But it's not just that. You being interconnected to the church will also help every other person in the church, okay? And the opposite would also be true then. And the opposite would be this. Being disconnected from the church will hurt you and it will hurt others in the church. Why? Because if you're not connected to the church, the church isn't going to be able to speak into your life. When you're going through something, when you need help, whenever you need them, they are there, and it works vice versa, right? If you're interconnected to the church, you are there for other people to speak into their lives, and you not being in there will hurt them in some way spiritually, okay? And so those are the things that I really want you to see today. Now, we're going to be in Romans 12 today, and I want to kind of set the stage for everything that we're going to read today in Romans 12. Now, Romans was written by Paul. It's a letter to the Roman church. Now, Paul did not start this church. Paul had heard about this church starting, and he had heard about their great faith, and all Paul wanted to do was get there as quickly as he could, share the gospel, be interconnected with them, let them know everything about Jesus, let them know how church works, let them know how their lives should work, let them ask him questions. He just wants to be with them, but he's been hindered in going so far. And so what he does is he decides, if I can't go there and share the gospel and share my life with these people, what I'm going to do then is I'm going to write them. And he has about a three-month period when he's in Corinth, ready to go to Jerusalem and then hopefully on to Rome. But he just wants to be there so bad. He's like, I can't wait. I'm going to send them a letter. And he writes the letter of Romans, which has been called easiestly the greatest work ever produced in Christianity. It's that good. Uh, so he writes Romans, and he's trying to encourage them and trying to make a connection with them. And that's really where we find ourselves 
today. He writes in about A.D. 57. All of the, the believers in Rome are, are Gentile. They are not Jewish. And so he just wants to write them and lay things out plainly. And he'll lay out why they need the gospel. He lays out the gospel chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and it is beautiful. And then he gets to where we are today in Romans 12, where he's ready to start talking about the church, how it should act, and what it should do. So I want to read this to you. If you look up on the screens, we'll have it right here. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members don't all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, in proportion to our faith. If service, then in our serving. The one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. And so we have this beautiful passage by Paul, and he's trying to lay a foundation of what the church is to do and what the church is to be. And the very first piece of advice that he gives the church is don't think too much of yourselves, think correctly of yourselves. All right, so the Romans, the Romans in particular, because they were controlling everything at the time, the Romans had this tendency to think too highly of themselves, but this isn't just a Roman problem, right? This is like an all of us problem. A hundred percent, this is our problem. We have a problem with pride in our lives. We tend to think too much of ourselves and too little about other people. We don't think correctly about ourselves, and we're probably mostly thinking about ourselves. And Paul says, look, even though that's your default, it's your default to think too highly of yourself. Don't let that be the default inside of the church. It's supposed to be different with the church. So then he gives them a new way to think. He says, think of yourselves as part, one part of many parts in the body of Christ. So Paul brings up this idea of the church being the body of Christ. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen an actual body. Oh, no, actually, you have. You all brought your bodies with you today. That's awesome. So listen, your body, you already know, has a lot of parts. It has a lot of outside parts. It has a lot of inside parts. And all of those parts work together. And Paul uses the body so that he can start talking to the Romans about what a church is supposed to be. And he says, like your body has many parts and all of them function differently, so it is with the church. The church is made up of many parts and it's the body of Christ. And not everyone in the body of Christ does the exact same thing. And it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. The idea of the body, Paul goes into a lot in 1 Corinthians 12. I mean, he really blows it out of proportion so that everybody understands that the church, you, are a body of Christ. You are the body of Christ. Now, as you kind of look around the room right now, you think, all right, this is, this is my church. This is the body of Christ, which I am a part of. And that's, that's true. 
And Paul wanted them to think that they are one part in the body, not the part of the body, not anything like that. They're one of many parts in the body. So as you look around, you can see there's a lot of parts of the body of Christ in here. Not everybody has the same gifts, not everybody has the same function, but we are the body of Christ. But it goes further than that, doesn't it? Because this is the second service today of three, right? So as you look around this room, you're not seeing the whole church, FBC Las Cruces, you're only seeing a portion of it. Not to mention the fact that the eight o'clock has over a hundred people. This usually has, right now we're running about 150-ish. We'll have another 150-ish in the next service. Don't forget all of the people who are watching online who for one reason or another couldn't meet with the church today. Could have something to do with the pandemic, probably. All right? Sometimes people are on vacation, so they get to, to watch online. It's awesome. But listen, just because these are the people you're seeing right now, this is not the entire church. You're one of, of usually pre-COVID, we were running about 900 people through the doors of our church. So you're one part of the body of Christ out of 900 parts of the body of Christ. And you will be helped by being interconnected with them, and they'll be helped by being interconnected with you. All right, the next thing that Paul says is, is tremendous. I love how he says this because he, it's like he wants to say something, but he doesn't have the right words. And here's how he puts it, and this is verse 5. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually, we're individually, we are members of one another. So here's the next thing that he wanted them to see, that they are individually together each other's. All right, now I know that doesn't, it's like not a sentence, I understand that, <laughs> but it's, it's the best way to communicate what Paul was trying to get across to the Roman church. He wants them to know that they're individuals, and usually individuals, you think, okay, you're an individual, you're alone, you're yours, right? That's usually what you think, okay. So Paul takes it, he's like, you are individuals, but guess what? You're also together, so you're a lot of individuals, but now you've been grouped into a group, and you are together, and in this church in particular, with around 900 other people, okay? That wasn't enough for everything that Paul wanted to communicate. So he also says, you are members of one another. What does that mean? That you are each other's. You belong to each other. Now, any club or sports team in the world will have those first, those first two characteristics, right? That... It's full of individuals, and they're grouped together. That's a team, that's work, staff, that's everything. You know what's different about the church? This idea of interconnection on a level that supersedes anything else we know. Because we, part of the church as individuals together, are also one another's. I belong to you, you belong to me, you belong to them, and they belong to you. It's a beautiful picture that Paul paints here of the church. And really what he's saying is fivefold. The church is individuals and it's many individuals that we are part of a whole, that we are together and that we belong to each other. Do you know what's killed me through this whole pandemic and what's killed the whole staff? This thing is eating away slowly at what we have, have been striving to build for so long and what Jesus is building. Listen, it's hard for us to come here and see so, so fewer people gathered in the church together. Why? Because Paul just explained it. The church was made 
to be together and belong to each other. This pandemic is making it hard for that, isn't it? Now, I'm not saying that's sin or anything else. What I'm saying is we don't want to get used to it, right? We didn't meet for nine weeks in this building. Guess what? It was probably getting a really, really easy for some of you to say, you know what? I kind of enjoyed not getting up and getting out of the house on Sunday morning, not getting our kids ready, trying to get out the door by this time so we can get at the church at that time. And so people are probably like, you know what we should do? We'll just, we'll just watch online again. You know what that does, though? In some way or another, it disconnects you a little bit from the rest of the church. Now, there's good reason. Now, listen, there's good reason right now, the pandemic and everything that goes into that and health concerns for you and your loved ones and things like that. There's good reason right now for some people not to come to church. So if you're watching online, you, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to uh, belittle you or anything else. I'm so happy that you're with us online. But at some point, we've got to get past this thing. Last thing that Paul says to the Romans is that they, is that they have gifts to use for each other that will benefit each other and vice versa, okay? They have gifts to use that will benefit each other and vice versa. So Paul is saying you're so interconnected because of your belonging to one anotherness that you have gifts that God has given you and those gifts will help the other people in your church and those in your church who have different gifts than you are going to help you. It's part of being the church. And then he, he lists a couple of them uh, for us right here, and they're really straightforward, except the first one is prophecy. When we think prophecy, uh, we think of foretelling the future, right? So if I got up here and I said, I'm a prophet, you're like, you're not a prophet, you don't know the future, buddy. I don't know the future, and I'm not a prophet in that sense, but the Greek word for prophecy was actually very, very different from how we think of it, all right? If you want to think of prophecy, think of it this way, speaking God's words to God's people. That's what happened in the Old Testament. Sometimes that involved a telling of the future when God's word wasn't fully revealed, but now we have God's word fully revealed. So I don't give you any new revelation from God. What I do is tell you what God has said. I take God's words and I give them to God's people. That's what the gift of prophecy is. Don't think of telling the future. That's not what the word actually means. And then he lists a few more really easy ones to understand. If your gift is service, then use it in serving. If it's teaching, use it in teaching. If it's encouragement, use it in encouraging. The one who gives, let them give generously. The one who leads, let them lead with zeal. The one who does acts of mercy, may they do it with cheerfulness. So we have these gifts from God for the church. And when we're not part of the church and we've separated ourselves in some way from the church, they don't benefit from us and we don't benefit from them, and it's a hard place to be. So how do we take all of this that Paul said to these Romans, how do we take all of this and, and apply it to us? So I think I've come up with a few things that you can take home with you today, all right? Here's the first one. We have to remember that we are in interconnected to the church. Each one of you has to remember that you're interconnected to the church. You have a bond with the people here, this church, FBC Las Cruces, because you're a part of it. You shouldn't think too highly of yourself. You should think correctly about yourself, and you should think about others as well. But you are interconnected 
to the church. This next one, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to warn you, it's going to sound a little harsh, but I, I mean it in love, okay? So if you're watching online or if you're in here today, I, w- I mean this in love, but here's what I want to say. We need to remember that the pandemic is a season, and the season is coming to an end, and we have to get back to being the church as soon as possible. Now, what I'm, listen, listen, what I'm not saying is stop watching church online. That's not what I'm saying. But realize that there's an end to it. This is not the way that church is supposed to be. If you are watching online or if you're here with me, you have to know the church is to gather together. And if it doesn't, it should only be for a very short season. Hopefully a vaccine is coming soon and that season will be ending quickly. That's what we want to see. But listen, our connect groups, we actually start our connect groups with an end in mind. And the end in mind is 18 to 24 months. You know why we start with the end in mind? Because we want people to connect with other people in the church and get in another group. It's the same with this pandemic. We have to think that there is an end coming. And as soon as that end is for you, you need to come back and you need to join us in the church again so that we can benefit from you, so you can benefit from us and we can be the body of Christ together and we can belong to each other. We also need to remember that God has given us gifts inside this body so that we can use. Use your gifts. If you don't know what your gifts are, we we have a really really simple way for you to figure it out. What are you good at? What has God helped you be good at? Okay? And what do you like doing? Okay? Those are going to be the gifts that God has gifted you to benefit the rest of the church. And they have other gifts, and they're going to benefit you. So as we bring all this to a close, what is it that the Lord is telling you today? Maybe you're disconnected from a church. You might be here at the church service right now, but maybe you're disconnected from church in general. Maybe you haven't been going. Maybe this is the first time in a while or the second time in a while, and you're missing out on the one characteristic you don't want to miss out on, on the church. It's being interconnected. If you come here, you hear songs and you hear a sermon, but you miss the interconnection if you're not living life with other people. Make sure that you get connected. Maybe you need to join the church. Maybe you're looking for a church to join. Maybe this is that church. Then you could join today. In fact, in just a minute, we're going to have some ministers up here. If you want to join the church, you come and tell them, hey, I want to join the church. It's pretty hard. Uh, (laughs) You guys are going to be able to figure it out. Maybe you are listening to this and you're like, you know what? I, I think I think too much of myself in the church. I need to start thinking of other people. Maybe that's the way that the Lord is speaking to you today. Maybe you're here and you're like, I don't even know if I'm part of the body of Christ. I've never given my life and my soul and my faith and my trust to Jesus. Maybe you need to do that. You can talk to one of these guys that are going to be up here in a moment to do that. But really, what I want you to remember is that being interconnected to the church is going to help you and it's going to help others. And if you're disconnected from the church, it's going to hurt you. And it's going to hurt the body because they don't have your influence on it. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear God, we thank you so very much that you have loved us so much you gave your son for us. And that you have given us an example like Paul 
to follow so that we can understand how we're supposed to be in a church and what the church is supposed to be. Would you help us be individuals together and each other's? Would you help us belong to each other? God, my prayer is that you would speak to your people and you would move in their hearts the way that only you can. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.